worship song that really speaks into our lives this evening, this Wednesday evening. You're all I want. You're all that I need. And that truly is the case for us. We rely upon the Lord to help us make it through from the morning through the end of the day. And even now, this Wednesday evening, this snowy Wednesday evening here in New York, uh, right in the middle of the week, to help us just make it through. Uh, God is uh, all sufficient for our lives, meeting our every needs. Thank you for joining us as we worship the Lord here today. Uh, I, I pray that you are comfortable there in your home or at your workplace, at your office, wherever it is you find yourself right now, that you might uh, enjoy our time together as we worship the Lord here on uh, this Wednesday evening. Every day that we have is actually a special day. It's a gift from God. The very fact that we can be uh, alive and be able to experience life, um, even in challenging moments. Uh, God is uh, uh, giving us a blessing every time, a gift every time we're able to uh, just face a day. So we thank the Lord for that and thank you for joining us here. What I'd like to do tonight is as we continue to uh, walk toward the Christmas celebration that's about to happen, uh, we're still in this Advent season. And I want to use uh, this evening to just share a few thoughts from our, our daily reading uh, that actually help us to be able to even see little snapshots of our Savior uh, in the Old Testament writings. And I'm referring specifically to the act actually the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, which was the reading assigned, uh, and that chapter 3, the first verses of that chapter. And if you follow along with me, I really want to talk about the gifts of the king, the gifts of the king uh, from the writings of the prophet Malachi. And we find there in chapter 3, um, three things that I want to highlight for you, and I will explain them as I go along. And that is the prophetic reminder, the purpose, and the promise. The prophetic reminder of the coming king, the, pur the purpose of the coming king, and then finally the uh, promise of the coming king. Let, let me open up the reading by looking at verse 1, which says, uh, Malachi 3.1, it says, I will send my messenger who will prepare a way for me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Almighty God. And the prophet of Israel is here speaking to Israel and highlighting for us in very exact words, actually, although he's writing 400 years before, or even more, uh, before the uh, baby Jesus is born in the manger, he's already talking in a very specific way uh, uh, by using that phrase, my messenger will come who will prepare a way before me. That phrase, it connects so very well with John the baptizer, who was the precursor to the Lord. He was uh, already uh, doing ministry before the Lord was in active ministry. And so we find here that there is a prophetic reminder for the people of Israel of the coming messenger, of the coming Messiah, of the one that would be, and even including in, in that declaration of the prophetic reminder, the role of John the baptizer, who wasn't even born yet. Because, you know, John was out uh, focusing on that, what we consider one of the ordinances of the church today, uh, water baptism, but that was John's uh, clear-cut mission and desire as he moved forward. And he would speak about being the precursor, the one that was, uh, was uh, preparing the way 
we read in the writings of the New Testament, here Malachi in the Old Testament is already using that kind of, of phrasing. Uh, the people were in expectation of the Messiah. They were awaiting his, his, com his coming to the, uh, to the people of Israel to be their king. Uh, today, as we connect that thought with Advent and looking toward Christmas, we are anticipating uh, the arrival of baby Jesus to be able to start uh, the, the plan of redemption for mankind. I always marvel at the level of celebrations that we have where, where sometimes the last thing that we focus on during this Christmas season is actually the first part of that word, Christ. It is about other things which have their place. I understand the tradition. I understand the cultural implications. I understand all of that. But we need to keep it to where it is and be reminded today, just as Malachi was reminding the people prophetically, that the birth of Christ is really the beginning of that wonderful love story for mankind that God had for us. The second thing that I find in Malachi uh, chapter 3 is not just a prophetic reminder, but the purpose of the king. And the, the, these are a few verses, verses 2, 3, and uh, 4, and 5, that we need to read to get a sense of what that purpose, according to Malachi, writing centuries before as he's describing the coming king. Listen to verse 2. He says, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as, as the refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by as in the former years. And then verse 5 says, So I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows, the fatherless, and, the deprive, and deprive the foreigners among you of justice, but do not fear me. And when we look about at the purpose of the Lord, that verse alone speaks about social injustice and how the gospel story, the Christmas story, here the prophetic story, speaks into the purpose of why he appeared. And that was to help, as we see in the text, the widow, the fatherless, the deprived foreigner, to bring justice. That is the purpose of the Lord. In other words, it, when, when he, even when we see here this metaphor of, of in the previous verse of the launderer's soap, soap that watch, washes, it's about purifying. It's about getting rid, uh, ridding humanity of the toxins of, uh, of racism, ridding uh, 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 society uh, the, uh, of that toxin of, class, uh, of, of a class society. We have to be careful with that, of impurities, of the consequences of sin. And he mentions some of that by uh, mentioning sorcerers and adulterers and perjurers, uh, the, 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 uh, the depraved nature of society, even today the fallen state of society. He will come to, com to confront that. That was his purpose. But for me, verse 5 speaks so powerfully because he will come to judge mankind. Listen, there are consequences to the way we deal with the poor. There are con divine consequences to how we handle the widow, as it says here, and the fatherless and the foreigner. If we don't handle them justly, if we don't do and seek justice for them, 
we're going to have to answer to God with regard to that. And that's what Malachi was reminding the people of Israel. That is the purpose of the coming king. So we have the prophetic reminder of the coming king, the purpose of the coming king, and then finally, the promise of the coming king. And this is the verse, the next verses I'm going to read is the verse that we use when we're talking about tithing and giving. But I don't want to focus on that. Primitive, I want to just celebrate your mature church. I mean, you, you, you know you've been taught and you've practiced because we all practice giving. I don't want to go down that road because I don't think you need that at this point. But I do want to talk about the purpose of the, of, of, of the, the coming king. And, and watch this with me for a moment because I think it's very clear in this text that this is a gift. As we, uh, as we are reminded of the, pro of the prophetic regarding the coming king, as we are reminded and practice also that social part of the purpose of the coming king, then there is a, a promise that comes to us because of that. And yes, there is the part of giving specifically to the people of Israel in connection to us, but I believe it goes further than that. Watch me. Follow me on this one. Verses 10, 11, and 12. And with this one, I will close. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I do not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Verse 11 says, I will prevent the pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. And then look at the last verse, which says, and then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. What do I get out of that? Four powerful things that are really characteristics of doing ministry the way God wants us to do ministry. First of all, when we are obedient, when we understand the purpose of the coming king and, his, and, and we are reminded prophetically of him, then the promise becomes this, that God will provide, provide for his house. The same people that God would bless, they will in turn bless the house. And, 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 and the church and ministry can continue flowing because the provisions will be there. He says it very clearly. There will be food in the house of the Lord, in my house. Secondly, there are abundant blessings. In fact, they're so abundant that it says there will be so much. He will open the floodgates. There will be so much that we will not be able to store it. God is a, is a more than enough kind of God. That he blesses not what we're asking, but so often he even goes beyond, measures above and beyond that, to bless us when we remain obedient to him. So the first thing is the, the house will be provided for. Uh, number two is there will be abundant blessings. And let me just stop on that second one on abundant because the Lord blesses us abundantly, not so that we can hoard it, not that so we can store it away. I believe, as I've taught here so often, God wants us to live well. God wants us to have things. But you, uh, what we need to also remind, be reminded is when God gives us and blesses us abundantly is so that we can be a blessing to others as well. It's so that we can give unto others as well. So the, the blessings are abundant because that becomes a cycle that comes right back to us. As I bless out, God's going to bless me right back. As the church gives out, the church is going to uh, get in return the fullness and blessing of the Lord. And by the way, the Jewish mind of this time understood that it was not just about money. When they talk about abundance, they're talking about the fullness of God. When they talk about peace, they're talking about the fullness of a settled life. That's the way God blesses. We, 
with our, with our, with our uh, American worldview, we fragment the blessings of God. But the provision of God is not just one thing, but is the fullness of, our, of the totality of who we are in our human experience. Abundant blessings. Number three, number three is one that we often don't teach from this text, and that is, he says in verse 11, I will, I will prevent pests from devouring your crop, and, 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 and I will bless you. And this thing about the pest devouring your crops, crops are harvested for the future, to be able to feed us for tomorrow. And so when we understand the promise of the king, abundant food, abundant blessings, he will stop the devourer. That means that our future and our destiny is secure in him. As we look forward toward Christmas, as we're journeying through Advent, we need to remind ourselves always that God will take care of when the enemy comes against us, God will neutralize the influence and his power, destructive power over our lives. He will stop the devourer from destroying our future and destroying our destiny. And, and I want to speak hope into your life. I know we're going through this coronavirus uh, uh, pandemic, and this year is unlike anything any of us have experienced in our entire life. But listen, I want to I instill hope in your life. It'll be over. It will end. We need to just hold on to the promises of the Lord. We just need to hold on and love on each other and care and take care of each other, uh, of ourselves definitely. But God is going to see us through. There is a blessing on the other side of this trial. There is a promise of the Lord over our lives, over my life, over your life, over this church. The devourer will not be able to rob us of our future and our destiny. That is in the hands of the Lord, and that's the promise from the coming king. And finally, in this one, uh, with the promise of the coming king, verse 4 speaks to, I mean, sorry, verse 12 speaks to that all the nations will be blessed. You know, to a certain degree, all the nations will consider you blessed. Your land, uh, delightful land, will be blessed. Uh, oftentimes, we over-worry about how people think of us and receive us and our reputation. I want to just share simple truths from Scripture that as we take care of the spiritual, as we take care of our relationship with God, as we strengthen our faith, God will handle everything else. Note the text. He says, then all the nations will call you blessed. You don't have to ask them to call you. He'll take care of your reputation. He'll take care of how people look at you and view you. They will, they will, they will want to have your delightful land. He's telling the people of Israel, let's take care of what we need to take care of. Let's handle what we need to handle. Let's prioritize our spiritual strength, our spiritual vitality, uh, our faith in God, our focus in the Lord, and everything else will fall into place. When you want to reposition spiritually, you reposition yourself at the feet of the cross. That's where you start. Focus on the Lord. Focus on his birth. Fo focus on his teachings. Focus on his death. Focus on his life over your life. Let him shape you, mold you, and when you move forward, you will realize that those are the gifts of the king. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this precious time that I have to share uh, on this very snowy Wednesday, but Lord, we're able to preach and teach uh, the truths of scripture. Help us through the work of the Holy Spirit that we might be able, dear Lord, to be encouraged and, and be motivated to move forward that we not allow, Lord, uh, ourselves to be distanced, but on the contrary, that we might be drawn nearer to you. I bless your people, Lord, that we might realize the powerful gifts that we have in you and that we might embrace those gifts, that we might live in that giftedness and move forward to incredible places that you will take us. I bless those, Lord, in their homes and even those, Lord, that are not well, that are in the hospital and 
and not feeling well in body, Lord, I pray healing over them. Uh, families that are going through difficult and challenging moments, we bless them as well, Lord, that your peace that surpasses all understanding would visit every single household. And guide us, dear Lord, as a church, as we continue to worship and, and serve and minister from this place, uh, that we might be able to touch and reach so many, Lord, not only those here in person, but those always on the other side of the camera as well. I bless them, Lord.